when God led the entire people of Israel victoriously out of Egypt, the place of slavery, where they had been treading in mud to make bricks for Pharaoh's city. He saved the best of his signs for last. The final blow, the one thing that would finally convince the stubborn, hard-hearted Pharaoh was the death of his firstborn son. And so thanks to this, this death of the firstborn son, the people were set free. Now, God knew that his people would forget. He knew that people are forgetful. And they forget things. He knew that a little bit of time would go by, and the great things that he had done for them would be lost because of their poor memory. We lose sight of things. The novelty of things wears off. The novelty of awesome things can even wear off. And so he made a law, this law, that would serve as a reminder that every firstborn had to be redeemed. Every firstborn had to be bought back. Every firstborn male. So it was probably a joyful event, right? When the parents would bring in their, their firstborn male after 40 days and present him to the Lord and they would make a little sacrifice and have to pay for whatever it was and, and uh, offer it to the Lord and get their son back. Kind of like baptisms are joyful for us nowadays. But God knew that the action itself, the law of fulfilling that action, was not enough by itself. He had to, there had to be a reminder of what it meant attached to it. So that's why we have also in the, the book of Exodus, which was the first, the reading from, the first reading from the Office of Readings today. If your son should ask you later on, what does this mean? You shall tell him, with a strong hand the Lord brought us out of Egypt, that place of slavery when Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed every firstborn in the land of Egypt, every firstborn of man and beast. That is why I sacrifice to the Lord everything of the male sex that opens the womb and why I redeem every firstborn of my sons. Let this then be a sign on your hand and as a pendant on your forehead. With a strong hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt. God, who knows and orders all things, had it all planned from the beginning. He knew that when Jesus came and eventually taught the new law with new authority, that people would recognize in him the new Moses, and that they would realize that he was a fulfillment of what Moses was, and that in his 40 days in the desert, they would see the, the fulfillment of the 40 years of the people of Israel in the desert. And that when they realized that Jesus had saved people from sin, that he was fulfilling what Moses had done, pulling people out of the land of slavery. Jesus freed us from the slavery of sin. And that people would eventually realize that the whole story of Exodus, Pharaoh and his dead firstborn son and the people rejoicing as they left Egypt and rejoicing on the other side of the Red Sea, all of that was just a big setup, a big foreshadowing of what God was going to do when Jesus came. That it was all part of a big, magnificent, beautiful masterpiece created by the master artist. And that their lives were part of that masterpiece because they lived in the fullness of time. 
So today we encounter two people who didn't see any of that. Simeon and Anna, they didn't see any of the fulfillments of all of those things. All they saw was a little baby. So how did they understand that this little baby was God himself? The priest, when, he came, when they brought him into the temple, held the baby in his hands and did all the rites that he had to do and didn't realize that it was the Son of God. And the one who was selling pigeons probably noticed the baby and even tickled him and poked at him and stuff, you know, made him laugh, and didn't realize there was anything special about him, right? And hundreds of other people probably saw the baby, the baby, God, and didn't notice anything. How did Simeon and Anna do it? Today is actually 40 days after Christmas, and we've probably all forgotten about Christmas, right? It kind of shows us the fact that 40 days is enough time to, to forget things. 40 days is enough time to, to let things wear off. Simeon and Anna were waiting a lot more than 40 days. They were old. Simeon was, was just waiting to die. He was waiting to see, to see the Savior before he could go on. When he finally sees Jesus, he says, Now, Lord, you can let your servant go in peace. Like as if he'd been waiting for a long time for this. And Anna, I mean, the gospel... Uh, emphasizes how old Anna is, right, with the whole story of her, her widowhood and everything. It's kind of like when you start telling someone how long you've lived in different countries and they start doing the math to try and kind of calculate how old you are, especially in Father Fergal's case, since no one can ever guess that one, right? Anna was old. They lived for a long time through the ordinary humdrum everyday things. She never left the temple, the gospel says. Every day, the same walls, the same stones, the same prayers. Like every day at 7.35, getting in the same white van, driving down the same road, over the same bumps in the driveway of the highlands, and saying the same prayers. And here's what I think Simeon and Anna have to teach us. They were constant in eagerly seeking God's face. As the psalm says, your face, O Lord, I seek. They were experts in not letting ordinary things become just ordinary things. They were experts in keeping the fire alive of searching for God every day, no matter how ordinary life was and no matter how long it lasted. They were constantly expecting God to fulfill his promises. They were constantly looking back at the history of Israel and saying, God has to be fulfilling his promises. He's going to do it with faith and with hope. This was their secret. This is why when the master artist finally entered into his temple, they could see, see his face glowing. Simeon says he's a light to reveal to the Gentiles. I looked up a homily of Pope Benedict XVI, and he says that Jesus is, is the light. He's shining, and he shines, first of all, on Mary and Joseph, and then he shines on Simeon and Anna, and their faces reflect his light. They had been gazing on God's face day and night for years, and for that reason, they were able to recognize Jesus. Today is the feast of religious, of consecrated souls, our feast at least we celebrate the fact that we have made vows 
vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience, which we're going to renew in a few minutes. We are consecrated to God. We have been for years, many of us for many years, some more than others. But it doesn't take, it doesn't take many years for it to become kind of ordinary, for a vows to become something that's just, you know, everyday stuff. We are called to be constantly seeking his face, to be eagerly seeking his face. We're called to be experts in eagerly awaiting for God to fulfill his promises. To let our vows and our norms and our traditions and our fidelity be as a sign on your hand and as a pendant on your forehead. The reminder of what God has done and what God is going to do. Today is kind of the feast day of the reminder, right? The presentation of the firstborn was meant to be a reminder of the great things God has done, the fact that God has saved his people. And so let's let our lives, our consecrated lives, be day in and day out that reminder that God has made our lives a part of his saving plan.